You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Sarah, Spain, Jason, Fitz, gobble, gobble. I don't know. I really wanted to say gobble, gobble, and then like bad words, but I can't do that because it's ESPN Radio, and that would get me fired. Gobble, gobble, mother. That's really what I feathers. wanted to say. Mother feathers. I didn't think of that. See, that's why you're, you know, not only is she smarter than I am, she's more creative than I am. So we're off to, oh, there we go. It's going to be that kind of show. There it is. It's going to go off the rails because I am exactly 58, sorry, one hour and 58 minutes from a beverage. Oh, man. And I I don't blame you at all. We're going to need plenty of them, by the way. Uh, All of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And we'll start with some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. The straight talk is I'm really lost on what to do uh, about tomorrow, Sarah. And not because of the food, but because of the football. Like, uh, we are both in the unenviable position where our teams that are not particularly good are both playing on Thanksgiving. And I don't know what to do with the Thanksgiving that's supposed to be about joy and holidays Mm -hmm. and food and all of this fun. When I know that there's a very good chance I'm going to watch my beloved Raiders get the their butts kicked. So how are you handling it knowing that the Bears take on the Lions? This will be the one time uh, that I feel good about the fact that my family isn't really into sports. So <laughs> I probably won't be able to have all eyes on the television tomorrow. We are not a family that really sits around and watches football. Now, there is some time after meal number one, round one, uh, where people get into various positions of rest uh, to digest, tryptophan takes over, all of that. And uh, depending on whether the children have, you know, commandeered the television uh, or not, we may see what, what's on in terms of football. But we are not a start to finish, plan the day and the timing around football family, which when it's the winless Lions versus a team that has somehow been more embarrassing this week than the winless team they're playing, the 3-7 and seven Bears, I'm kind of okay with setting that DVR and begrudgingly watching the carnage another day, sometime this weekend. I, I always feel like when I'm watching, you know, the game on DVR, I inevitably find out the score, and then I just decide I'm not into it when it doesn't go my way. Yeah, now, I, I, yeah. I now, have you guys? I, I, I wasn't paying attention to the Raiders historically on Thanksgiving. Um, have they played many games? No, not not. I think 2013 might be the last time that they actually played on Thanksgiving, and I don't remember. I don't remember if I've seen them win a game on Thanksgiving in my life. Like, in all seriousness, I don't think I've ever seen the Raiders win on Thanksgiving. So, I'm fully— That's why. Yeah, That's yeah. why you're used to just, let me keep it, keep an eye out for the score. Oh, it's, it's terrible? Okay, all right, I'm going to go ahead and get back to the food. <laughs> I mean, and take it on the, the, the Cowboys. Like, man, I just don't—I don't feel good about any portion of it. I think— Man, I, I, I don't, I don't really have a lot of positivity coming. in. I mean, in. I want to see, I want to see the Bills and how they react to another stinker. I do want to see the Cowboys' offense. Um, neither of those games are going to Bills Saints uh, at eight twenty, Raiders Cowboys four thirty, Bears Lions at twelve thirty. Neither of those last two games are really going to tell me much about the two contending really good teams in the mix there, uh, because their opponents. I, I don't have a ton of respect for. No offense. Um, but there, there's something of interest. The first game, what would have been the point of interest is watching Justin Fields' progress, and he's out. Right. So it's maybe golf. I'm not sure if we know for sure if he's in yet. Um, and it's Andy Dalton. Uh, it would get even worse than than you could even imagine. Is there some portion though for you that has I don't know maybe. 
Do you expect the team to come out and play fired up in any capacity because Matt Nagy is uh, dealing with what he's dealing with now with the rumors about whether or not he's going to be fired? Well, that is something for the diehard Bears fans and Chicagoans to keep an eye on. And that's one of the conversations around town this week is when you've lost five straight back-to-back losses to the Ravens and Steelers that you should have won and could have won. You're taking on a winless team and you have a decision to make. Are we still in it? Are we fighting for each other and our guys and our coach? Or is it is it, you know, packing up, thinking about, you know, the meal I'm going to have later time? Because things got even weirder this week. We talked earlier in the week about the report that came out around Chicago that Matt Nagy would be fired after the Thanksgiving game and that he had been told it would be his last game. He was forced to come out and address those rumors. The PR people didn't. The GM didn't. Nobody with the team came out and absolved him of the duty of having to speak to his own potential firing. It was incredibly awkward. And then inexplicably today, the Bears team chairman, George McCaskey, addressed the players, telling them that Matt Nagy wouldn't be fired after tomorrow's game. It's just... A mess. Uh, I think I mentioned on the show yesterday, the longest tenured bear, Pat Manley, uh, tweeted out, you know, the the team's job is to give the team the best opportunity to win every week, and they didn't do that this week, right? The distractions, the confusion, whoever leaked that or didn't leak it or didn't handle it immediately when it was leaked, just added to what has been just a brutal, brutal year. We're near the bottom of the league in most offensive categories. Negi was hired for that um, between injuries confusion about who QB1 is and when to play Justin Fields and are you helping or hurting his progress and all of that. Like, now you send in your chairman to assure the players that the coach is going to stick around. Who knows whether they wanted that news or not. Right. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think people will be keeping an eye on, like, is this team completely checked out? Because Fitz, it's an extra long season this year, which means we are out of the hunt already. We are not in the picture when it says in the playoff hunt. And we have to play until January 9th. Mm. January 9th is when the regular season ends. And we are already out of the picture before the Thanksgiving game. That's some straight talk, straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. I feel that all the way to my bones because, you know, with me working so much in college football, I have this mindset that the season's only got a few weeks left in it. And I found myself doing this with the Raiders where I'm like, well, the season's over. There's nothing to play for. And then, you know, somebody will point out, well, they're five and five. Like, you know, yes, they don't look good, but they're five and five. And then you sit there and do the math and you think, my God, there is almost half a season left. And that's not what I'm used to. Uh, the season goes a little longer this year with the extra week, too. So it all feels very strange. And trying to figure out what the plan is, is such an issue going down the stretch. And with that in mind, we're going to ask you guys to chime in. You can be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is back. So are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. The question is, What's your team need for a holiday makeover? Like, if you could go in and do anything with Thanksgiving and give them a little little uh, zhuzh. I don't know why I said zhuzh, zhuzh. but we're going to go like with zhuzh. zhuzh. If we're going to get a little zhuzh to your favorite team, like, what makeover do they need? Like, I would argue that the Raiders could come out tomorrow and have this suddenly very creative offensive game plan where Carr again looks comfortable and Mina's texting me saying, hey, this offense is really good. And all of a sudden, that little zhuzh, that little holiday makeover will change my entire Christmas season. Like, all mm-hmm. of that could happen. Like, the- So Mina is in control of your entire mood for the holiday tomorrow? Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that when you get texts from people that, 
you know are studying it saying, hey, your team's actually pretty good. Like when I got that text early in the season when she was like, hey, this Raiders offense is actually really good. I was like, oh, yeah. Mm. Like Mina's not blowing smoke, right? So like the holiday makeover for me would be would be that. Right. You, you guys can tweet us, by the way, at I believe Sarah this Spain, was inspired. Yeah, I believe this was inspired by a Drew Barrymore show segment of holiday makeovers. I don't think hers involve football teams or any kind of teams, but we're we're in it for whatever team, I would like to say. I don't think throw any of your family members or friends under the bus, yeah. co-hosts otherwise. Yeah. I think we just stick with teams of some sport that you follow that need a makeover. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair clarification because we do live in that world. I don't, I don't really care about your grandma. What I need to know is <laughs> what you want for your favorite team for a holiday makeover. You can tweet us at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz, at Spain and Fitz. It's an easy way to get in on the fun. In the meantime, by the way, Mina Kimes will join us in about 15 minutes, so we'll get her thoughts on all things Thursday football for tomorrow. But we've got feet to talk about, so we're mm. going to do it next. The The weird moment that you know is going to happen at Thanksgiving is when somebody in the family decides to put their foot on the table. Well, one-star quarterback didn't... Do we know that's going to happen? Well, that's what my families are like. <laughs> one-star quarterback didn't even wait till the turkey was served to get that foot up there. We'll tell you about it next, Spain and Fitz. You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. It's Spain and Fitz, the Thanksgiving edition. My favorite. Or Friendsgiving edition, I guess, on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I will kindly remind everybody to make smart decisions tonight. At the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of people that go out to the bar. It is the biggest bar night of the year now, and uh, all I can tell everybody is just be smart. It's worth take, waiting, waiting a really long time for an Uber to make sure that you are safe and that you get to spend Thanksgiving with your family. I won't lecture everybody. Um, just same goes for being smart about the bars you go to and whether they're crowded and whether people are vaccinated and whether you're vaccinated and whether you're taking that to your families. Same goes for if you're a young person returning to your hometown bar for the first time, maybe from college or shortly after graduating college, and you're looking to get some strange with someone that you used to go to school with and you don't really know what they're involved or not and whether you're involved. You know, like just make some good choices. Yeah. But still get that strange if you need it. Yeah, I mean, go, 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 you do you or or anybody else in the or bar. Or do just someone make sure, else. Yeah, yeah just, just now be smart. Be smart in all the different ways you need to be. See, only Spain and Fitz gives you these sort of <laughs> breakdowns, especially on a segment where we've got a lot to get to. So That's we do right. it with our own flair and style. We like to call it, oh, appropriately so, Quickies. Quickies with Spain and Fitz. We get in and out of topics fast. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is <laughs> he, you know it's it it is that's all i can say y'all it is uh aaron Rodgers uh, was asked a question today about his toe and things got weird quickly check this out so this is probably more of a failing on my part um but until a couple days ago i had no idea what covid toe was and as much as i enjoy the show with pat i have no idea if you guys were joking around about it yesterday so do you have covid toe i'm glad you asked uh just so I could show you the lesions on my foot here, Rob. So if I have enough room on this camera, let me see if I could. Oh, oh, there's no lesions whatsoever. <laughs> oh, what a surprise. I mean, Sarah, like there's a, a moment here for anyone that didn't see it. Aaron Rodgers was out there putting his foot up on the desk and uh-huh. showing everybody. I think how everyone's it seen it. Yeah. I don't think anyone was spared that. It is a it is a, a weird moment where all I can imagine is like your weird uncle at the Thanksgiving table putting his foot up here being like, I got bunions. Can you see these? I got bunions. <laughs> uh, but he he made his point, as he often does, that uh, apparently he feels like it was it was handled poorly. I, I think the, the question 
though I'll continue to say had context to it of, hey, y'all talked about it on Pat McAfee, and maybe nobody knew what was going on. So, Well, here's the thing. There was a Wall Street Journal article that claimed that he had COVID toe, which is a real thing and doesn't always involve legions, by the way. Um, from, from what I've read about it, it's not guaranteed that you would be able to put your toe on a table and point to it and then prove due to a lack of lesions that that's what, you know, that you're not suffering from COVID toe. Um, he wants an apology from the newspaper. Um, he named as the author of the story in the Wall Street Journal a baseball reporter, Molly Knight, who didn't write the story. She retweeted it. And so if for somebody who is so adamant about disinformation and perpetuating false information about an individual, which is a direct quote, you'd think he would take the time to find out who wrote the story instead of sending thousands of people Molly's way when she didn't write it. And again, for somebody who lied about his vaccination status to sort of frustratingly say, I can't believe I'm up here talking about my medical status again, as if it wasn't earned, is just a perpetuation of the BS that we saw shortly after the vaccination thing. I don't know if he's got a fractured toe. I don't know if he's got COVID toe and he doesn't want to tell us. I don't know what I can believe from Aaron Rodgers anymore, which is part of the issue that he caused for himself when he lied at the beginning. And I also don't know if he went to a foot specialist or Joe Rogan to find out what's wrong with his pinky toe. Either way, it's not great for the Packers because I guess it hurts a lot. Well, I'm pretty sure all he did was just check out WebMD. Like he's doing his That's own research on how right, to get yeah. his, his toe and look, I'm being snarky because, frankly, everything he says and does at this point has so much just snark to Condescension. it. I, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm tired of being talked to like I'm an idiot when I have nothing to do with this fight one way or the other. I'm just sitting here. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about what Aaron's talking about. And if he doesn't want anybody to talk about anything, he could, at the end of the day, shut the hell up. Um. All right. So next up on our quickies <laughs> list. So, so, oh, you are already in the holiday spirit. I, I am. Yeah. There, there's. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, I don't even, like, usually when I go that far, I regret it. I don't, I don't regret it at all. All right, try this again. Go ahead. Quickies. Now, we've got a, a much more serious note coming out, uh, and this is an important story, obviously, for anyone that hasn't seen Minnesota Vikings defensive end Everson Griffin posted a disturbing video on his Instagram account. Uh, he had a gun. He was in a dark room talking about the people that were out to get him. Uh, you know, he also uh, talked about Dalvin Cook and dropped his name during the 30-second long video. It, it's alarming when you look at it it's very heavy and uh, griffin is somebody that obviously is having really good results on the field uh, but is somebody that's been pretty open in the past about needing needing help uh, so uh, mental issue mental health issues have been a struggle for him in the past so when you see something like this you worry about it dalvin cook the star running back talked about it uh, today when he was asked about it yeah that's why you know your mental health is always important you know i think you know, checking all your, your loved ones, your brothers, the tough ones that don't, you know, show the signs of being weak or show the signs of, you know, having nothing wrong with them or just, just going on about their day, just making sure that they're okay. And, you know, that's that's important in today's world. And, you know, the guys and the people that's taking advantage of, you know, making sure their well-beings and their mental is okay, you know, that's a big step in, you know, in life today. Yeah, I, I mean – this has been going around the NFL. It's been great to see a number of players recently spending some of their press availability talking about mental health. 
Um, it's just sad and unfortunate that it took this very serious situation that resulted in, you know, police having to, to wait outside his home. Um, there was a real fear at one point. The team couldn't get a hold of him. They didn't know if he was okay. Um, and uh, to have a weapon and, and be in that state is always really scary. Um, and, I, you know, you hope that he's okay. You hope he gets the help he needs. But having that response um, already feels like such progress fits from even just, I don't know, five or six years ago when something like this would happen. And it would mostly be mocking instead of understanding and, and empathy. There's a palpable change that's happened. And, you know, I've always been so honest about the mental health stuff in my life. And what's been crazy over the last two years, I think, really, is seeing how many people just reach out and say, like, hey, you're doing okay. And that didn't happen a few years ago. So this sort of echoes what I feel like is happening for a lot of people in society where we're becoming more and more aware that sometimes people, you know, are just in a spot and they need to talk to somebody. And we become much more proactive, I feel like, at least in the circles I run in and the places I see, I see people that years ago weren't making an effort to even care mm -hmm. about that suddenly doing it. And the, the important thing here, obviously, uh, is that he get whatever help he needs. It's also powerful to see star athletes standing up and saying, hey, like, it's okay to need help, and uh, and we're going to help him however we possibly can. We won't transition uh, snarkily with any sort of a quickies, but we will get to the next story uh, in the NFL. And it's a relocation story that's interesting, Sarah. The St. Louis has sued the NFL for the, the relocation of the Rams. And uh, this lawsuit today reached a out-of-court settlement for $790 million. <laughs> as the NFL and the city of St. Louis oh. agreed to a settlement that essentially the Rams, uh, the city of St. Louis say the Rams never made a best effort to honor what they said they would in staying in St. Louis. It's a lot of money with $790 million. The best part is when you settle so that it doesn't go to court and you don't face the embarrassment uh, and you also figure it'll be less expensive this way. <laughs> when when seven hundred and ninety million dollars, because the lawsuit sought more than a billion, claiming the team's move cost St. Louis millions of dollars in amusement and tickets and earnings and tax revenue. Um, yeah, it's a pretty thick story. There's a lot to it, but um, yeah, interesting. Uh, interesting to figure out who's going to pay what of that. Our friend Michelle Smallman uh, tweeted, and she's a St. Louis person through and through. She said it's a loss for St. Louis sports fans. Money was the deciding factor had the opportunity to expose the NFL to show how dirty the process was and instead let the league throw money at the problem and push it under the mm. rug. Massively disappointing. So ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, we're going to get some expertise from one of our absolute favorites, not on food, but on football. We'll do it next. Mina Kimes joining Spain and Fitz. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Oh my God! What is this? This is remarkable. We work made by a Renee. grave error. We gave our guy the keys to the car, and we said, "Just, just give us what you find on Maybe Thanksgiving." And do, 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 do. I immediately regret this decision. It's Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. It's gonna be the best show ever. Getting weird already here. ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. Going to join us now to talk about Week 12 in the NFL. But first, the most important news of the day uh, revealed via Reddit Packers, which is clearly unbiased. Uh, the hottest coaches in the NFL, Matt LaFleur, winning. Uh, I got no beef with that decision. There are some other parts of this that are deeply disturbing, Mina. I know you saw this. The NFL head coach hotness poll. Where is the biggest error for you? 
Well, I think once you see Bill Belichick, who was the greatest coach in the NFL history when it comes to football, in the top ten, yeah. you, you know that the poll might not be entirely scientific, uh, right. and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I don't even know if these people have seen Kevin Stefanski, if he's fallen in line yeah. behind a couple others. I mean, that is a good look. Criminally underrated. Criminally uh, yeah. underrated. Also, Frank Reich also, I feel like, behind our – I mean, well, anyways, we don't have to get into it. But, yeah, there's some – I got some problems. <laughs> With the I, I am shook and I have nothing to add to, to this portion of the conversation. So instead, I'm going to be selfish to talk about my favorite football team, Mina, because I actually ha- I can do that since they play tomorrow. What the hell happened? And also, to no one knows like, what your coach looks like or yeah. his name, so yeah, they couldn't I mean, put him on the pole. That's that's fair. But Basachi, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so, Mina, like, really, what has gone wrong with this offense? Because it, it was good. Now it's very bad. Why? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a million different reasons, obviously. We all know about, um, you know, Henry Ruggs facing prison time. And and, um, I hate to, you know, incorporate that in a football conversation, but it is, you know, the the effect on the offense is obvious. It's not a – it's just simply a kind of reflection of facts. But it does – it goes beyond that, uh, Jason. I I think, for me, a lot of it has to do with an offensive line that was already dubious earlier in the season. And uh, you had Derek Carr – kind of overcoming some of those protection issues, uh, particularly on the right side. And I think that's kind of caught up with them. Candidly, you know, I think at this point, it's sort of just become untenable for him uh, dealing with pressure, which is something that he has kind of had more success with or less success with. It's been a bit volatile over the course of his career, as you know, having started out with one of the better pass protecting groups in the league. So do we have a reason to believe that this Raiders team could make a return to the success they had early in the season and that this is in due in part to, you know, a coaching change, Henry Ruggs a third, or is this just a team that was never that good and now they're revealing who they really are? Wow, just stabbing Jason, right? Yeah, like, yeah no, we're going to get to my uh, terrible team. but I went to the liquor well, store. He yeah, still has hope. Each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like, oh, damn, I don't know about that, man. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think it's a team that's always had flaws and, frankly, was playing, outplaying, I think, so the personnel in some ways or sort of their ceiling earlier in the season. Um, and, you know, which – in a division where at one point everything was kind of toxic-turvy, you had the Chiefs at the bottom, it seemed like anything is possible, has kind of settled into what we expected with the Chargers and Chiefs being sort of the more dominant teams with explosive offenses. I think for the Vegas going forward, um, you know, there's not only organizational questions, but obviously with the quarterback, it's kind of a shame because you saw when, you know, with good play-calling protection and, um, a good deep threat in addition to, of course, Darren Waller is fantastic and Hunter Redford underneath. Uh, you saw really what Derek Carr's potential is, and I think they have to ask whether they can get back there with a few changes uh, after this season in personnel. And this is why I went and bought a couple of bottles of whiskey before the show today. <laughs> uh, Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, talking to Mina Kimes. Uh, so let's just uh, turn the turn the page here to our, our co-host here. Tell me why the Bears are so bad. I'm just trying to get the hurt out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, okay, so I, I would say the Bears' issues um, are very different. Um, the Bears, well, the offense, it all starts with the offensive line, which we knew was an issue coming into the season. Um, just really not enough talent at skill player, uh, which is a shame because you had kind of those two really back-to-back excellent performances from Justin Fields 
that really gave people, you know, Bears fans a reason to believe, and you saw the talent, what he's capable of. Uh, but there's just so much um, uncertainty and confusion mm-hmm. from the play calling to the protections, and that sort of manifests itself time and time again. And I, and I think it's pretty clear what they need to do in the offseason. And then defensively, um, just too many injuries, loss of talent. I think, um, you know, with obviously Mac out, uh, Robert Quinn has been fantastic. Roquan Smith is excellent. But outside of Jalen Johnson, that secondary really needs um, some help this offseason. And I imagine that's something that they'll target going forward. Spain and Fitz, we're talking to Mina Kimes on the Goodyear Hotline here on ESPN Radio. Mina, you know, I, I'm uh, Justin Fields was going to be what we were watching for tomorrow. He's not going to play. Now we're kind of seeing if the players have given up already, even though the season extends until J- January 9th this year. Of the three games, neither, none, it, none is great. Uh, what are you looking for? What do you hope to learn by watching football tomorrow? <laughs> um. Not a lot to be learned at 9.30 a.m. Pacific, although I would love to see Dan Campbell get his first win. Sorry. Um, I think, wow. you wow. know, Just, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you want to see, you, so like the teams that were our contenders are really Dallas and Buffalo, right? And so you want to see Dallas bounce back after a really, really underwhelming loss. Um, I think offensively, this is kind of a chance for them to just immediately get back on track and beat up on that. Sorry, the Raiders defense. And then with the Bills, I think this is actually a, the, the most interesting matchup of the day of any game is the Bills offense versus the Saints defense. The Saints defense is good. Yeah, so uh, you know, this Bills offense has been facing a lot of those two high looks that a lot of the elite quarterbacks around the NFL are facing that are trying to force Josh Allen to kind of methodically work his way up and down the field and run the ball, and they have not had consistent success doing so. Now, that's not really what the Saints do. They'll play uh, too high with man underneath. I'll be curious to see what their approach is and if they force Josh Allen to be patient. And I'll be curious to see if Josh Allen does that because, to me, that's been a huge problem with Buffalo. You know, just not only the – it's not just like an unwillingness to run, and they get some criticism like the Chiefs for that, but it's also an inability to run the ball well and use their tight end. So I'll be see if – I want to see if they can rise to the – occasion against actually a very good defense. I mean, Mina, would you say that Josh Allen has regressed or would you say the defenses have figured out better ways to defend him? I think a little bit of both. I mean, he was playing out of his mind last year and when you're playing at that level, you're usually going to regress, <laughs> frankly, especially if you take a big leap forward. I still think he's a good quarterback, but I do think um, it's a combination of defenses figuring out a better play way to play him, but also defenses doing a better job playing this entire offense. Um, Buffalo just they don't have a good run game their offensive line I think has some lapses in protection that we you know didn't see as much last year so there it's, it's not just about Josh Allen it's from the play calling to the skill players to the protection there's issues across the board all right Mina before we let you go do you have any bad Thanksgiving takes like food wise um hmm. I don't like turkey but I don't think that's bad I think a lot no, of people, I think a lot of share people... that one yeah, yeah. I love People said it's just chicken ham. thrown in the dryer a, for six hours. We would do honey baked ham when I was a kid, and I really liked that. Um, you know, I am not a huge stuffing fan. Wow. I like stuffing to be kind of divisive. Mm. It's just beige. 
I mean, I it's, feel like it's you're not scary. having good stuffing, and I think that stuffing is one of those you things that, that there is like a very wide range of what people consider stuffing. I've had That's stuffing true. at other people's homes, and I've been like, oh, I get why you guys don't like this. And then my mom makes the most incredible stuffing, and I want to have it all the time, like not just on Thanksgiving. Right. So well, wild me swings some of that, there. Because I'm not having the best stuffing, so maybe it's just <laughs> it's just me. All right, I'll ship it on over. Mom, get to work. Appreciate it, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Mina. Enjoy the holiday. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Mina Kimes, uh, just, you know, being honest, as she always is, just making things worse See, on both but, of us, though. But here's what, here's what Mina didn't know. <laughs> See, here's what didn't, Mina didn't know. Last week, I didn't write the ship, and it's been my fault that the Raiders have lost. There have been five times this year the Raiders have played that I've sipped on Woodson whiskey beforehand and put up a sarcastic right. video. There have been five times this year where I haven't done that video. The Raiders are 5-0 and when I do the video. They are 0-5 when I do not. I'm going to fix it all tomorrow. I'm the reason the Raiders do the impossible and beat the Cowboys. All right. Well, first it was standing, not sitting. Then it was the kind of whiskey. We're really running out of things that you have done that could possibly correlate yeah. to their success or Just failure. Just wait till so, I'm naked on the street corner and we're 1-0. This know. might be it. This might be it. <laughs> uh, it's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz coming up. Lakers, L's, Warriors, W's, and more NBA. It's next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Hope you are off work, done with work for a couple days, getting ready to enjoy the holiday tomorrow, maybe have off Friday. Um, not going to do Black Friday like Fitz. Not going to be a lunatic and fight people over stereos. Oh, man, uh, I might, I, you just reminded me. I might need to go see if like there's a big... I think I need a bigger TV. Uh-huh. I don't I need a bigger TV, but every year I'm like, you know what? This is you year might I'm as well do it. just go. Yeah, go spend some money on something you don't need. Oh yeah, just so you can be be out there elbowing people. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff on ESPN tonight for those who are maybe wary of the NFL schedule tomorrow, and rightfully so. Get your NBA in tonight because it's good. We've got a doubleheader on ESPN. NBA's leading scorer in Kevin Durant taking his Nets to visit Tatum and the Celtics. That's at 7:30 Eastern. So coming up, uh, actually underway now uh, on the East Coast. And then uh, the Curry brothers facing off. Warriors with the best record in the league at 15-2, and two, taking on the Sixers out in the Bay. That's at 10 p.m. Eastern. Also, uh, underway right now, we've got the Suns in Cleveland. Suns going for their 14th straight win. Unbelievable. 14th straight that win. That is insane. Yeah. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on all of those. Last night we were keeping an eye on the Lakers. Uh, LeBron was out for their game against the Knicks, and Russ did Russ things, but it kind of felt apropos that they still lost Fitz. He had six points on one-for-five shooting and five turnovers at the half, so he got them off to a terrible start, which then helped them dig a hole that they had to come back from. He had 25 of his game-high 31 in the second half, but, I mean, they were down by upwards of 25 in the first, and it just feels like... You can't get a read on this team because it's a LeBron team and he has to be healthy and it needs to be later in the season to know how much they're really putting in. But AD said of Russ and the second half, we just need that the entire game because it helps us. Well, yeah, uh-huh, that that checks out. Um, but as we're watching and we're trying to figure out what's wrong with the Lakers, there are a number of different people chiming in. Um, Stephen A. Smith seems to think it's coaching. Frank Vogel going to find himself in a world of trouble as the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. I understand LeBron has been out, but just the way that they've looked, defense is just signature. That's what Frank Vogel made his bones in this business. They're the 28th-ranked defense in the National Basketball Association. What the hell is going on with the Lakers? Okay, so 
yeah, of course, the coach is not immune. But Jay Williams on Barton Hahn had a little bit more of a deep dive on what's wrong. When I watch the Lakers, I don't know who the hell they are. Are you a defensive team? Because last year you were ranked number one. This year you're towards the bottom part of the league. When you lose guys that are building the culture like Alex Caruso or KCP, are you a fast break team? Well, not really because I've seen a lot of breaks where Russell pushes the ball down the floor and other guys are still lagging in transition. Mm -hmm. Are you a post-up team? Not really. AD floats more in the perimeter. Even though you have size, you don't really utilize it and take advantage of it down low on the blocks. So other than LeBron, I don't know who this is, who this team is. And they have so many veterans. I think that's the most shocking thing for me. I mean, nine different starting lineups in 19 games. So that's extremely problematic when I know who the Golden State Warriors are. I know who the Chicago Bulls are. I know who the Milwaukee Bucks are. I know who the Denver Nuggets are. I know who the Phoenix Suns are. Yeah, I mean, that's it. It's a little bit like the only identity we have is sort of the joking caricatures we have of a bunch of old dudes cobbled together that don't really make up a team, just a bunch of names. Uh, but there's some part of, like, what do we expect? You know, I, I mean, when you look at the Lakers as a team, what what we heard uh, Stephen A. Smith say earlier is, you know, they're not playing any defense, and that's Vogel's specialty. Well, they got a bunch of guys that came in that aren't really known for their defensive effort, especially during the regular season. So, like, I don't know what we expected there. And to the point that Jay Will is making, you know, there's so many different roster lineups. Again, that's, I think, to be expected when you're trying to figure out what these guys are like, how they play together, and also they're doing all of it without AD and LeBron. Like, I, I just... I feel like sometimes we're making something that's really simple much more complicated than it is. You put a bunch of pieces together that are trying to figure out how to play, like uh, the the judgment of the Lakers is going to come in February or March, not yeah. right now. It's true, although you don't want to dig yourself too big of a hole. That's you fair. don't want to have infighting. You don't want to I – mean, and it's just kind of embarrassing, right? Like I know that LeBron's goals are championships, MVPs, you know, those are the things that matter now, not regular season. But it can't be fun to suck all season long, right? It can't be fun to go into places and underperform. And and the Lakers have just been disjointed so far. The way Jay Williams talked about him is true. Still trying to figure out really their identity. And it doesn't reflect well on AD either when he is in there to not be able to be a true star with LeBron out. Um, he feels like a, a 1A guy. And that I think there were much bigger expectations for him at different points to be able to truly take the lead. That's a, uh, By the way, Sarah, that's a really amazing point by you because that was part of this whole process for the Lakers was yeah. AD's going to take over when LeBron's yep. no longer LeBron. And, and we're watching right now that, that very proof of concept, and it does not exist. Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Meanwhile, the Warriors are looking great, and that is without Klay Thompson. He was <laughs> back to practice, full participation for the first time since tearing his ACL in the 2019 finals. He's been watching and paying attention to how his team looks, and I just love the fire when he was asked today about whether this team has the goods to win it all. Oh, yeah. 15-2. and two. That's a great indicator of, and our defense, I think it's top three in the league, as well as their offense. And I'm not even out there yet. Think about that. Really think about that. I'm more motivated than ever as well. And I want a championship so bad. More than anything. That's scary, Fitz. If I'm, if I'm somebody on a different team in the league and I'm saying, man, they're looking like this without Clay, and he sounds hungry. Yeah, that's it's the tone in his voice. By the way, Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. It's... The, the tone in his voice when he says that is so 
fired up and you sit there and you think, God, he's right. Like, we don't know what his body's going to look like when he gets back on the court. But we know that right now, I, I can't figure out how you stop the Warriors. They they out-effort everybody. They out-shoot everybody. They look like they're having more fun than everybody. And they make brilliance look easy. And that's just, you know, to go back to the point of what the Lakers aren't doing, everything that the Lakers aren't doing, the Warriors are when it comes to just playing with a level of turbo button, playing with a level of excitedness, and playing with a level of we can beat you and make it look like we're on the playground while we do it. Like, it is fun to watch them play right now. And I don't know who's going to beat them. Yeah, it feels like the vibes. And in basketball, I don't know, basketball, baseball too sometimes, though. It's like the team that's just vibing. The team that looks like they're having fun, enjoying each other, you know, coming out and making it look easy, uh, seems to have a real good shot at going pretty far. And that's who the Warriors have been in the past and look like again now. Um, the way Steph's playing, and I think the way Steve Kerr said it is is spot on, he's just he's his own offense because the, the, the damage he can do from all the way out near half court spreads everybody so wide. And they have to respect him out there that it opens everybody else up and it just changes the, the dynamic. I mean, he's really, truly changed the game of basketball. It's been fun to watch. It's I always argue that the NBA is better when Steph Curry is playing and playing well and is on a contending team. I know our buddy Friedel agrees with that. He likes to be relevant. He likes to be covering a winning team. And getting Clay back uh, will be will be absolutely huge. As for the Lakers, I think your point is a valid one. You know, They get judged come February when we're looking at teams making a playoff push and you try to figure out um, if if you want the if you want to see them in a series, right? Kind of like the Chiefs at the beginning of this year, you were like, yeah, they look bad, but I don't think anybody wants to see them in the postseason, <laughs> just in case. Yeah, they were fine until I gave up on them, and then bang. Then yeah, then they beat. God, yeah, my life. That'll happen. It's Spain and Fitz. Don't forget tune into college football action tomorrow as Alabama State hosts Tuskegee. Coverage begins at 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus and on the SXM app. Free for most serious XM subscribers. Uh, we're going to talk Thanksgiving football games coming up, and also we're going to get into some of the best rivalry games in college football and worst trophies. It's all coming up. You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. Listen to uh, Greeny earlier talking about how Thanksgiving is a little more special this year, feels more special because he and his wife are empty nesters. You got the kids coming back. You're not seeing them day in and day out. And I agree with that kind of fits. When I lived in California and I didn't see my family as often and I would come back or they would come out and visit me, we'd go to Palm Springs sometimes for Thanksgiving and they would take advantage of the weather near me. It did feel a little more special. And I used to take off a number of days of work for the travel back and forth. But now it's kind of like for a lot of people, hey, maybe you have the day off and then you're just back to work the next day. So it, it kind of like, I feel like it depends on your family situation, how often you see them, how big you go. I mean, there are people who say Thanksgiving is their favorite holiday of the year, which blows my mind when Christmas is right there for you. Yeah, I, I'm a little stunned by it, but I think you're right, like, perspective matters so much in what you come from right like so for me somebody that doesn't have a lot of family and then somebody that worked so much of my life as an adult on thanksgiving i mean i was almost always either on tour just coming back like i don't remember the last time i just sat around at home with family on thanksgiving so it just doesn't it's not a day of tremendous importance kind of like birthdays just aren't a big deal for me because i didn't really grow up like doing a lot on birthdays so it is funny i, I think so many people are just absolutely in awe of it and for me i'm just kind of like yeah cool if there's a good black friday deal i'll go get it other than that i'll eat some food and watch some football kind of a normal it's a sunday on a thursday 
Yeah, I mean, for you, you really just focus on the holidays where you can involve skeletons and mannequins. So, well, you know. or, or you know, I'm all in on Christmas. I mean, oh, let me you've tell got you. a lot of mannequins in your Christmas display oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, Buddy the Elf, and uh, you know, you do the scenes from Vacation. Oh yeah, the Christmas, the Christmas decor is like next I, year. I'm coming down to Nashville. Oh, um, yeah. At some point during the Halloween extravaganza, I'm making a trip down there because I need to see this with my own eyeballs. Yeah, uh, it's it's just brace for it. You know, it, I'm ready. I'm ready. Right. Uh, speaking of our own. Eyeballs, uh, I feel sorry for them because tomorrow's <laughs> slate of Thanksgiving games is a real pooper. Uh, you got the Bears, who are a disaster, taking on the Lions, who are winless at 12:30 Eastern. Fitz is uh, continuing to spiral. Raiders taking on a Cowboys team that couldn't manage a single touchdown last week at 4:30 Eastern. Bills team that has no run game taking on a Saints team that is inexplicably giving Taysom Hill quarterback one money, but on a sliding scale at 8:20 <laughs> Eastern, it's a big mess. And I looked it up because uh, we were talking about this earlier in the show. Uh, my Bears have been uh, playing on Thanksgiving the third most of any team. Lions, of course, at the top with 81. Cowboys second with 53, the Bears and Packers tied at 36, and down near the bottom, uh, the Raiders have been in the Thanksgiving game seven times. Seven times. So, more than a lot of others, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the only team who have never played on Thanksgiving. The Raiders, I guess, are sort of middle of the pack, but there's a big drop from the Bears, Cardinals, Giants, you know, and then all of a sudden it gets down to, you know, 10 or 7 or, or, or so times. Yeah, well, and seven times, you know, but this series has gone on, this Thanksgiving series has gone on for a long time. I went mm -hmm. all the way back as far as I could into the 80s, and I can't find a Raiders win on Thanksgiving. They've had two Yikes. losses since the year 2000 on, on Thanksgiving, but... Yeah, so to the point that I don't think in my adult life I've ever watched the Raiders win on Thanksgiving. But I, and I know there's tradition behind it, Sarah, but I just don't understand it. Like, I, I don't really care about the – I don't even don't, – don't really. I don't care about the Lions, and I don't really care about the Cowboys. Like, I just start <laughs> mixing these things up, especially when we get Thursday football constantly. Like, to me, they should make the Thursday Thanksgiving games, all three of them, they should make them the most epic – Thursday games you could possibly like flex them. Yeah. That's kind of tough though. Um, no, well, you have even to give if enough don't... of a warning to people who are you know blowing off their entire families. I mean, even if you don't flex them, at least give me the matchups like that you you think you have your best shot at being spectacular. And you can't tell me that we have that when you have the Lions no. involved. That's very fair. Uh, by the way, I'm okay with it because I just looked it up and my Bears are 1915 and two on Thanksgiving, so somehow they have a winning record. Which is like, That's amazing. you know, we'll take it. Um, speaking of the Bears, by the way, uh, there's been a lot of talk about them in the last few days. None of it good. Just a disastrous handling of a report that said that Matt Nagy would be fired after the game tomorrow and had already been told that. He had to trot out to the presser and, and you know, tell everyone that wasn't true, but the team wasn't responding. Now McCaskey, the team chairman, went and told the players it's not true. Jeff Dickerson was talking about all of it on Canty and Golick Jr., and this is what he said about how likely it is now, after all of this came out, despite five straight losses and an you know, lame duck situation, whether Nagy will actually be gone after the game tomorrow. It's real that Matt Nagy is on the hot seat. I mean, the Bears have lost five in a row. His offense now for three-plus years just hasn't worked. But, yeah, as far as him actually being let go tomorrow, that was never really... Uh, something that I, I truly believe was going to happen. But make no mistake, he is not a popular guy in Chicago. The fan base is heated up. You know, the season is almost lost for the most part of three and seven. So he is under just an enormous amount of pressure to win some games here. 
turn this around, and, and even that might not be enough ultimately to save his job. And Fitz, he also talked to the guys about what you brought up, which is one of the few things to actually keep an eye on tomorrow is whether this team is still in it. It's not as if they're laying down for these teams. They're playing hard, which to me is always the sign that guys are still invested and guys are still bought in. But, I mean, I think that, you know, the, the players probably want some clarity on the situation. And really, we're going to see tomorrow how, how they respond. It's a short turnaround coming off another crushing defeat. It's a team they should win. They should beat the Lions. They beat them earlier this year. If they come out tomorrow and take care of business on Thursday, um, then I think you know how the locker room feels. But if they come out and they go through the motions and they make this a game and they potentially lose, um, that's going to be a road that I know that Matt Nagy doesn't want to go down. The organization doesn't want to go down um, because that would be pretty jarring. But, but yeah, I think for the most part, the guys still, you know, he's their head coach and they respect that and, and they're going out there and they're still playing hard. Sarah, I, mean, I, I think it's something to be thankful for. There aren't many things, but but I, I think it's an, an important point. You know, when you talk about this game, because I've heard everybody today talking about how the Lions can beat the Bears, and I was asked on my digital show earlier today to pick this game, and I, I, you know, we the way we do the picks is we pick the game and then we pick our confidence on a spice meter, and at the end of the year we have to eat the the games we were wrong on. We have to eat that spice. The oh, games no. we were right on. Our opponent has to eat that spice. Terrible I, I took the Bears, and I took Habanero. Like, I think the wow. Bears are going to win this football game. And, you know, what's happened is we just become such prisoners of the offense looks bad. And I know they did against the Ravens, and, and that was a backup quarterback against the Ravens. But you can look at close losses for this team, and you can at least see some reason of, for hope. And they did beat the Lions earlier this season. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're treating the Lions like they're good. And the Lions are hot garbage. So I, I just don't. I don't see it anywhere. The Lions are hot garbage, but they try. And it's something we, you know, we heard the rant a couple weeks ago. I think we played it on our show as well. Greeny saying that he wishes Dan Campbell would coach his team because the Jets are so pathetic. They don't even try or care. At least the Lions are trying. And that's true. The Lions have put up a fight in a lot of the games. They just don't end up winning them. And that's the only reason that there'd be any question about whether the Bears could pull this off. I do think the Bears have a bunch of strong veterans, and that has resulted in they're not being inner turbulence within the locker room. They're not fighting amongst each other, despite all of the questions about the leadership above them. And they're putting up a fight in every game, even though the defense in the last two has struggled down the stretch. But um, I'd like to think that they could take this win. But the way things have been going, Fitz, it's just been such a mess. It's tough to imagine them being able to go out there, start to finish, and really put it together. Um, that's what we got for, for tomorrow. Uh, someone called us haters. Uh, I apologize. It just, it's not a great slate of games, okay? We're doing our best. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. If your pet passenger is injured in a car accident, get help paying for vet expenses. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Get a quote at Progressive.com. Also, don't forget to tune into the That's What She Said podcast, hosted by yours truly Woo-hoo! and fueled by Gatorade, Kyle Brandt. He of the real world cast, then a soap opera actor, becoming a good morning football co-host. A fascinating story. He's my guest this week. We had a lot of fun. I even had to bring in Julie Foudy to solve his dilemma because it involves sportsmanship. And we know that is not my expertise. Uh, (laughs) We appreciate Gatorade's continued support of women's sports journalists and athletes here at ESPN and everywhere. Whatever path you take to greatness, Gatorade's proven formula is there to fuel it. Greatness starts with G. Coming up next... Things that we're thankful for here at Spade and Fitz. It's going to be better or worse next. 
You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance and we're brought to you by Goodyear with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. We asked you guys a little earlier in the show uh, after, actually it was our stosh who happened to be flipping channels and saw a drew barrymore holiday makeover show had us thinking what teams need some makeovers so we asked you and a couple of you hit us up on the dr pepper twitter feed to be a part of spain and fitz nation with your answers uh at rage against twit wants a new owner for the dolphins at amku sports says a new twitter fan base does that count because sometimes i question my allies in sports fandom that absolutely counts. Uh, somebody else <laughs> wanted to change out the fan base of the Browns so they wouldn't be so mean to Baker Mayfield. Um, at Shubes17, Knicks could use a new logo. The retro ones feel more fresh than our standard one at this point. That is a that is a bold statement, trying to change up the logo on a classic. Another one I completely disagree with, Fitz. At B. Kenneth Berry hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed to be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation said, Bulls are heading in the right direction. A fresh start. Time to get rid of that stale Alan Parsons project intro. So played. Wow. Man, that thing wow. is a classic. That'll give you chills no matter how many times you've heard it. I can't imagine anybody else would want to get rid of that. Yeah, that is that's a that's just a bad take. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. That's a bad take. So you know, everybody's got them, and just Thanksgiving, you just got to own them. That's a bad take. That's very true. I mean, he didn't say mac and cheese is bad, but it's almost there in terms of takes. <laughs> um, at Cal Free, as a Saints fan said, they need wide receivers, a QB1, and the healing touch of the Almighty. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, at Rach Whitaker 89 wants a new court for the Memphis Tigers. Joey Pavone, too, wants MetLife to crumble. Bleep stadium for the price. Uh... At Tim Lowell wants Steve Belichick to get a makeover. I think that that mullet maybe has gone too long. And uh, Jonathan Wood, and endless Bears fan, said, new owner, new GM, new coach, dot, 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 what else? Uh, no Raiders fans. Uh, the one Raiders fan seemed to be just checking off a nice stadium in good uniforms and was okay with that. That's I mean, uh, settling. That's well, you know, some years. Hey, we're still in this thing. All right, so you know, no it's time true. to panic yet. Right now, where everybody's everybody's calm, cool. See, this is the process of, of grief for me every week. Like yeah. we're back, we're to the day before the game. I'm yes. back to my season of hope. And when and when you've been beaten down as many times, you're just like, well, I guess we got good uniforms. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. well, with that. I mean, if I was uh, really gonna make a makeover wish list, though, like Raiders fans have killed me for saying this. But like matte black jerseys with like a chrome silver helmet as an alt would be fire. Or a matte black helmet with a chrome Mm -hmm. silver Raiders emblem on the side. Oh, I buy it. Ooh, I like that. I I like a matte black helmet. Uh, It's Bain and Fitz. Uh, It's Thanksgiving tomorrow. We thought we should talk about what we're thankful for um, with each other and on this show. It's a little segment we call Better or Worse. That's right. We're going to do our top five things that we're thankful for about each other and this show. Fitz, would you like to start? Oh, well, I mean, I can. Would you like me to start or would you I'm ever the gentleman. If the lady would like to go first, she may or I can start. Um, all right, fine. I'll go ahead and start with uh, the thing that I most often think about when I think about how thankful I am for you. And that is that you are constantly 
cheating on me with other shows and hosts and time slots, always other slots in the mix. And I'm, I'm thankful for that because it has taught me that I am perfectly fine on my own and I can host hours of solo radio with no help or co-host whatsoever. So thanks for that. You know, it's amazing you mentioned that because one of the things I wrote down that I was thankful for is that Sarah lets me be a swinger. I think it's important, you know, that I just get out there and I swing and, I, you know, I'm not I, I'm not ready for commitment. I'm just, it's important that I keep all avenues open and, and that, you know, it's an important one. But Sarah, that was one of mine, so I'll go with hmm. another one. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm thankful that you decided to finally keep a co-host around for any amount of time because you know wow. we've been together mm-hmm. now for a year. As the uh-huh. Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving, we've made it. Yeah. We've made it over a year yeah. together. This is like a long-term relationship Fair. at this point. I, Fair. I, I'm thankful. I can't that- imagine why you'd say that just because of you know <laughs> Spain and Prim, the trifecta, Izzy and Spain, Spain, Spain. and Fitz, Spain and Company, Spain and Fitz. You know, I'm just Listen, thankful to not be and company. Like I feel like I, I really mean, made it. I'm just thankful that thus far you haven't left me to take over. Over a Stephen A. Smith afternoon replay show. Oh, That's uh, short-lived. Okay. My next one is: I'm very thankful that Fitz is terrible at predicting games because it makes me look very smart. Uh, so thank you for really being bad at predicting NFL games. You know, I feel I feel the love and the joy there. I I I found something that I'm thankful for for our show that I think we can actually agree on. I am really thankful that Kenny and Golick Jr. is the opening act for this show. You know why? Because they're just not as good as we are, and that's important for an opening <laughs> act. Like for an opening act, you got to be just good enough to get the crowd warmed up, but remind remind them all who the headliner is. Yeah. they do a really good job of being mm-hmm. sufficiently average every day, I that, which guys. lets us lets us be excellent. There we go. Yes, yes, very yeah. smart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Spain and Fitz, better or worse, the five things we're most thankful for about each other and this show. Um, I'm thankful that you never talk about being a Grammy-winning musician Mm. who had a very Mm. successful career before this because that would make people think you're good at something, and it would take some of my shine. That is, you know what, that is... That is so fair, Sarah, and I I uh, I feel that all the way into my bones. Uh, I'm I'm thankful that you don't often remind me when I mispronounce words. Uh, that you don't often make sure that uh, I know I can't read, and that you never point it out when I make a mistake on air. It's it's never really do. it's 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 one of the great things never about this show. Ever do that? You're right. Though, you should see the faces, can't by the way, from the people on the other side of the glass now who are like, <laughs> mommy and daddy are fighting and They're this fighting. Thanksgiving is no longer. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. I got two more. Um, you know what? I am so thankful that you uh, pointed out the timeline of how long it's been since we first started working together as a reminder that it has been that long that you have never paid up on a single bet that you've lost to me. And you know what? I'm grateful that you haven't paid back any of the bets on any of the things that you've owed me because it provides good content. So I don't want all of the stuff that you owe me. Of course, I'm just much more thankful that we can just keep talking about it forever. You know what? Here, I'm I'm thankful. You know, I'm glad I could give you content. And I'm keeping you healthy, too, by the way, by not paying off some of those food mm-hmm. bets. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thankful. This is really near near the top of my list. I'm thankful that you haven't put in a word for me with Around the Horn because I'm just not ready yet. <laughs> you know, and, and that's it's important, you know, as you go out there and just kill it and kill it and kill it and win and win and win. Like, I, I'm thankful that you've never gone to anybody and been like, hey, let's get Fitz in here. 
Like, Stugatz can get in there, but Fitz can't. It's fine. No, I'm thankful for it. I'm not ready. I I am, yeah. I, I feel good about that one, too. <laughs> I also, I'm very thankful that your food takes are so bad, so unbelievably terrible, that nobody even makes fun of me for being a vegetarian. Uh-huh. Like, it, there's there's no interest in making fun of me being a vegetarian, which is a go-to and has been for comedians and everyday folks for years now. And no one even bothers to make fun of me because they're so busy wondering why you hate pie, hate the cookie part of an Oreo, and have the palate of a five-year-old. <laughs> She's not wrong about any of it. That's amazing. Uh, we were supposed to end this by actually being thankful. So uh, congrats, Chicago Sky. <laughs> Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. And uh, there are plenty of college football teams this weekend hoping to get in the zone. Get in the zone brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. All right, it's Friendsgiving, so we figure we got to bring a friend on to tell us everything we need to know about the weekend in college football. To do that, we'll head over to the Goodyear Hotline where we're joined by Spencer Hall, Banner Society Editor-in-Chief and all-around college football superstar. Spencer, we'll start with the most important question I've got to know the answer to. When you have an unwieldy beard like you do, good sir, and you go to eat Thanksgiving dinner, is there a special approach to making sure that the majority of the food doesn't end up hanging out in the hair? Accuracy. Accuracy is really what you (laughs) want to work on. Mm -hmm. It's got to go from the fork into the mouth with very few detours. And fortunately, I don't like mac and cheese, so I can go ahead and avoid that particular conundrum, right? Um, I know. Was that Sarah? Because, yeah, Yeah, most people are. It feels like this week. I don't know where all these Most- bad mac and cheese takes. I've never heard it in my life, and all of a sudden this week, everyone's coming out of the walls. Why is it? Why is it bad? It means more for you. Like whenever you don't like a food, I'm always like, it's no big deal. That just means you get to eat more of it, right? Like Fair. there's no threat. I'm not an existential threat to anyone's mac and cheese. Therefore, I'm actually a value add for the group as a whole because most people like it, you know. Um, but the beard, the beard, like that. You just again accuracy. You got to go from point A to point B. It's like quarterbacking, right? Keep a clean pocket. Make sure everything gets in there, <laughs> and you know you'll probably you'll probably win the game most of the time. Okay, that sounds simple. But then, do you have to cut back on the alcohol because later in the night the accuracy will go down? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can't, you know. I mean, I can handle my business, so I don't necessarily need to worry <laughs> about that. You know, the average person, average person needs to keep an eye out on their, on their an tolerance a, level. An, an average an average person can't handle a beard this big. All right, it's a, you got to have big shoulders to hold it. All right, we're talking to Spencer Hall, uh, and and now that we've gotten your beard uh, breakdown, you said you can handle your business. Uh, College football rivalry week coming up this weekend. Uh, Handling business is the thought, at least for Alabama, who has to do that against Auburn if they want to have a shot at the college football playoff. Anyway, Auburn does the unthinkable? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. They're they're not. I don't think they could pull this one off. That's just because. They've had so many issues and, and such an identity crisis before they even got Bo Nix injured. And then after they got Bo Nix injured, they just had even less of an idea in terms of what we do. You know, like on fourth and short last week, they, they did some weird toss play action deep on fourth and one when you just – you have a running back named Tank. Run it. <laughs> Run it. You know, like, and by the way, Tank agrees with me. He was caught on the sidelines saying it's not right. And I agree in my heart of hearts that hurt everybody because you go, give it to the guy named Tank. You just need three feet. So I think that they are, 
Dr. Harstad, they were already kind of a work in progress. I think people who maybe expected too much of them were being irrational in terms of just learning how to get from point A to B. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, uh, yes, there's very troubled Alabama. I enjoy the discourse and discussion about a very troubled Alabama team because uh, they've only lost one game, y'all. They yeah. had a bad night on the road. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, Bryce Young's throwing for like like full 50 every game, throwing for four fifty, Easy. We're talking to Spencer Hall here. He's Banner Society Editor-in-Chief. You can also see him on Debatable sometimes right here on ESPN. He's joining us on Spain and Fitz. I'm looking at the uh, Ole Miss-Mississippi State Egg Bowl record, and uh, it says according to Ole Miss, it's Ole Miss 63-46-6. According to Mississippi State, it's it's uh, Ole Miss 63-47-6. Is there a better rivalry game than one where they rivals can't even agree on the record? No, and I mean this right now. I can say short-term, long-term, this is the best rivalry game in America. I can just tip everyone up on this and say, hey, you might think it's the Iron Bowl, and it can't be great. Its peaks are very, very lofty, and its lows are very, very low. But the best game consistently, particularly over the last 20 years, has been Ole Miss, Miss State. Ole Miss, Miss State at this point of the last 20 years, 10-10. and 10. Ole Miss got 10. Mississippi State got 10. And as it happens, by the way, historically, a number of very strange things have happened in this game. First of all, there are two egg trophies for some reason at this point. So there's like a pretender egg trophy and a real egg trophy. Like the Stanley um, Cup. And, one of them that you get to mm-hmm. throw into the pool and the other one is the real one that you don't know isn't, the, yeah. isn't with you. Yeah, there's one at the bottom of like the, the Quebec River, right? Yeah. Like that nobody knows <laughs> that got stolen in like 1927. No, it, the first time they played for this game, Uh, They played for the trophy. A brawl broke out at midfield when they tried to tear the goalpost down, and people were beating each other over the backs with chairs. At another (laughs) Ole Miss Miss State game in the Egg Bowl, the stands collapsed. This is the game where a guy imitating a dog peeing cost not one but two head coaches their job. This is the game where inevitably when one team comes in higher ranked, the other team says, hey, we're three and seven. It'd be great to completely ruin your year since we're playing for nothing. Even when this game has two terrible teams in it, which is not the case this year, by the way, they're both excellent and they're both very entertaining and feature probably the best one-two quarterback combo you're going to see across the board in Will Rogers and Matt Corral. Even when they have nothing to play for, this game always involves something random, tragic, and weird or funny. Breland speaks, by the way. If you remember, this is like the famous gift. He came up with a ball on a uh, fumble, and when he does, the camera zooms in on him perfectly, and he waves to the Mississippi State sideline as he's cradling the ball. I love this game. <laughs> you should watch it. It'll be the best. Like, like forget, like, I, I know, it's very corporate to be like, yeah, you should also watch the NFL. No, don't watch those games. Don't watch the Lions. Nobody wants to do that to you. You shouldn't do that to yourself. Watch the Egg Bowl. We're talking to Spencer Hall. So, uh, give me Bedlam, you know, at this point. The, the playoff committee, at least, seems to be laying out some sort of a path that could get Oklahoma State into the playoff. You think they handle Oklahoma? Historically speaking, no, because the rule with Bedlam, as my colleague Jason Kirk is quick to say, is that anything could happen in Bedlam as long as Oklahoma wins, which is kind <laughs> of true. That, you know, that's – I mean, to go look at the record, I believe, like, I think that Oklahoma State in the 120-year history of this rivalry has won it something like 32 times or 33 times. It is not a common outcome for the Cowboys to win this game. That said, this year, in context, weirdly enough, Oklahoma State's like the quietest 10-1 team in the nation. That's a very weird way to put it. 
But if I told you Oklahoma State was 10-1, and one, you'd probably be pretty, pretty surprised. You'd be doubly surprised if I said they're not doing it the way Oklahoma State usually does, which is with a big, flashy, big 12-style offense. No, that defense has been throttling people. And I've seen, by the way, what Caleb Williams and that Oklahoma offense have done when they've been pressured. Sometimes they make brilliant plays, and sometimes they get forced into mistakes. So I think it's more probable than ever that we get an off-brand bedlam this year where Oklahoma State actually wins. Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz talking rivalry week, which is hard to say, with Spencer Hall uh, at EDSBS on Twitter. Uh, do we give Michigan a shot at all? I mean, looking at this great story on .com right now, it's about the best college football rivalry historical moments, and it's got quotes, and it's got scores, and it's got everything else. And I love this one for the, the game, Ohio State-Michigan. It's a Jim Tressel coach. He said this at a Buckeyes basketball game after being hired to replace John Cooper. And he said, I can assure you that you will be proud of our young people in the classroom, the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan. <laughs> like, unbelievable. He's got it down to the day, 310 days away from his first meeting there. Um, we saw what Ohio State did to the other Michigan team. What do you make of this one? I think that Ohio State is a team that when they are clicking, no one will beat them. No one. But they have to be in rhythm, and C.J. Stroud has to be able to find his receivers. He's got three of them. They're all deadly, none more so than Chris Olave, who I do not believe can be defended by any more than maybe one or two people in the nation. He's an NFL grade wide receiver who reminds me a lot of Jamar Chase in that he is just strong as a bag of coiled snakes, man. Like, he is so quick and so strong and so hard to guard one-on-one. I think that a team with a great passing attack is always susceptible to what? Pressure from a defensive line. And Michigan does have the tantalizing possibility of not one, but two legitimate pass rushers. And more importantly, on the other side of the ball, an offense that can keep the ball out of Ohio State's hands. I think they have a chance. Do I think Michigan is as pound-for-pound as talented as Ohio State? No, they're going to need some breaks. They're going to have to get lucky, and Ohio State's going to have to have a bad day. Uh, By the way, if this plays into a sort of ground-and-pound attack that Michigan will have to do in order to win this game, it's going to be about 35 degrees at kickoff. Mm. No, I didn't even think of that. That is is too cool. Spencer, if there was a trophy to give you for Friendsgiving, we would give it to you, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us on a a night of chaos and just – Keep yourself together enough so that everybody else in the room doesn't have to look at the food in your beard. That's all we're asking tomorrow. That's why you carry the comb, man. You check it it's right afterwards, smart. right? Then you know. He's prepared. <laughs> yeah. He's very prepared. That's, that is that is perfect. It's just sad we didn't get to talk about the Platypus Trophy next time. Next time. Next time. Thanks, Spencer. All right. Take care. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. All right, it's Wednesday, but we got to get our picks in because, frankly, Thanksgiving. So we'll give you our five-pick Friday on a Wednesday edition, plus tell you about a slab of bacon. That's all coming up next, Spain and Fitz. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. All right, it's only Wednesday. Before we get to picks, quickly, I have to tell everybody the most important thing you could possibly know about trophies that are going to be given out during Rivalry Weekend. Now, Sarah, as you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, play for Paul Bunyan's axe. It's a six-foot-long mm-hmm. axe that's beefy, and it's a real mm-hmm. axe. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really understand the safety portion of that, but they play for an axe. Did you know 
that in the 30s and 40s, they played for a massive slab of bacon trophy. It was just a big slab of bacon. That's amazing. I like. I, I don't understand why we live in an either-or <laughs> world. To me, they should take the axe to cut a huge slab of bacon off, and Fair. that gets to be the victory for the spoil. Like the spoils go to the victor. Like you, you get your spoils are whatever huge slab of bacon they can cut off. I mean, that seems like a good pairing. Uh, makes more sense also than the platypus trophy. Yeah, the platypus. Well, the platypus is because it's the beavers taking on the the ducks. So half beaver, half duck, you get a platypus. Like, and the platypus trophy, if you see it, like it's really holdable. Holdable. Like you can sort of lift each end of it because you got like the 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 bill on one end and the tail yeah. on the other. Like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in for the platypus. It's trophy. It's very strange looking. I am not a fan. It looks like a science cloning experiment gone wrong. <laughs> You're, yeah, you're right. It does look like a weird episode of American Dad. Something gets drawn in there. Okay, so even though it's Wednesday, we're treating it like it's Friday because Thanksgiving and, and Black Friday, uh, we won't be here with you. So that means that we've got to get our picks in. Before we get our picks for the weekend in, though, we'd like to remind you with some sense of accountability how it went last week. As much as I wish I could find a path for Michigan State, who I do think will be able to score points in this O-H-I-O, Ohio State is going to roll. The Bears are kind of a mess right now. Their injury report is is as long as a CVS receipt. The Bears are going to lose this one. The Ravens win. I'll rip off that Raiders Band-Aid only to tell you they're going to win. Wrong again. I realize this could easily be a trap game, and I feel much more scared of those games now that we've seen a handful of them across the last couple weeks. But there's no reasonable way to believe that the Titans would lose to the Texans. Mm. Yeah, I also picked this game. Ultimately, I don't see any reason to not pick them right now and probably for the next several weeks. I feel pretty good about the Titans. When keeping it real goes wrong. I still think there's got to be a belief that this Colts team is just not good enough to hang with the likes of Josh Allen and the Bills mm. when the Bills are showing up and presenting that balanced attack. So I've got my money on Buffalo this week. Wrong, 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 wrong. I still That's... believe in Tampa Bay. That feels like a very safe pick, and right now I'm losing yeah. to you. So I just want some safe picks. So I'm okay, taking Okay, well, Tampa just Bay. so you know, you are losing to me, and you do want safe picks, but if you pick the same ones as me and then we both get it right or wrong, we're going to be at the same, and we're going to be even Son again, and I've also got the Bucks biscuit. over the Giants! <laughs> I'm taking Green Bay over Minnesota. I was way off. I went with the Browns over the Lions. Don't really care. (laughs) I lost ground to you again, didn't I? Well done by Stosh there. He did leave out the part where you were like, I don't care how many experts are saying the Vikings are going to beat the Packers. I'm taking the Packers. You know what? I got to Didn't work out for you. I did once again gain ground on you. Uh, So you are getting closer to, I think the punishment for that one is... You have to write a song all oh, yeah. about extolling my virtues. That 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 is much easier than the polar plunge, which yeah, I, that I'm, one's that one's I'm, gonna hurt more. Yeah, that one's gonna hurt. <laughs> I, I don't I don't feel good about anything at this point. I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna rip the bandaid off and start this week's picks. Ooh, all uh, right, let's do it. Uh, you know what? I have to pick the Raiders game every week. The Raiders uh, obviously taking on the Cowboys. <sighs> It pains me. It hurts me. The Cowboys are going to just, they're just going to beat the Raiders. It's, mm. it's going to be bad. So I also picked that game. Uh, by the way, do we have an intro for this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Giving you the picks that matter. I'll tell you, I think the Raiders are going to win this game. They're going to win a high-scoring effect. And we're not talking Andy Dalton and Derek Carr picks. Try to wrap your head around that. Time for Five Pick Friday on Spain and Fitz. 
Yeah, now that Andy Dalton's starting again, I felt like we had to give him his due on the, yeah. uh, I the think open I was that's appropriate. I was so defeated knowing that I'm going to be yes. eating turkey half asleep watching the Raiders get yeah. beat. Yeah, like, you just wanted to get to it and get it over with. You know I what? also took the Cowboys over your Raiders. I don't have to pick the Raiders. I just wanted to. I think the Cowboys need a bounce back game, and you are just the team to give wow. it to them. Well, some of us are believers around here in our, our friends and co-host teams because I am choosing to pick the Bears game wow. because I think Chicago is going to thump the Lions and we're overstating Dan Campbell. How do you like I, that? I um, have to pick this one. I don't think I would otherwise because I don't know what there is to believe in about this Bears team. It's Andy Dalton who like, meh. But it's the Lions, and the Lions are so bad. But it would be so Bears to give them their first win, but they're still so bad. So I have to take the Bears oh. begrudgingly. And that means I can't pick up any ground on that. I really <laughs> thought you were going to pick against them. Okay, uh, I always pick the side of game day this week there in Ann Arbor. O-H-I-O is going to R-O-L-L all over Michigan. Harbaugh is going to get absolutely decimated in this game. Ohio State's going to win by 30. Woo! Okay. There we go. I actually believe you on that one. Yeah. Uh, this is a very tough week for picks. There are some bad teams facing each other that could totally poop the bed, and there are some good teams. I'm going to take the Ravens over the Browns. You did not have a good showing against the Bears, but that was with your backup, and you still got a W. With Lamar Jackson back, presumably, as far as we know, on this Wednesday, I'm taking Baltimore. Uh, you know, I thought a lot about that game, and I just – I'm I'm scared of both teams, but you're right. They're tough games, and by the way, the strategy of just picking the bad teams has just come back to bite me. Yeah, it, like, it's, it's been just, tough. <laughs> it, it is just straight up like I am Charlie Brown every week running up and the football gets moved at the last second. So I took a couple of tough games uh, because I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, the Panthers are playing really well right now. I'm mm-hmm. still not a believer in the Dolphins. So I think because Cam seems to be playing not 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 just efficiently at quarterback, but also capable of running with the football again and just looks comfortable, which I'm mm-hmm. surprised by. I think the Panthers beat the Dolphins. He looks inspired. I also selected the Panthers oh, son over of a Miami. Biscuit. I'm so sorry that you can't gain ground with the pick, but I, I also agree that despite Miami getting a win, they're still not a very good team, and I think the Panthers are better. Okay, well, I got one more game to pick, and uh, this one I think was a little easier. The Giants are falling apart. Philly wow, is playing much same better. Pick. Oh, son of a... Really? Eagles over Giants. <laughs> yes. That's what I picked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make her pick next wow, week Wow, we first. picked all the same games except for your one college game and my Ravens-Browns. That's my uh, only shot to make up ground. Ohio State, I swear to God if you fail me now. <laughs> I swear to God. I, I haven't done the addition lately, but the last we checked, uh, I had a fairly healthy lead. Yeah, Nothing that couldn't yeah. be caught up to because mm-hmm. um, I was 23-7 uh, and seven after week 11. You were 19 and 10 or that was after week 10 you were 19 and 10 and i went three and two and you went two and three so uh you're still hanging in there but yeah <sighs> i'm like the raiders i'm barely hanging on uh I, I, uh turkey tip nobody asked for sarah but before we get out of here there's two things that i should make sure that everybody knows number one okay. if you uh, want to make a turkey that like if you don't care how it looks because this will not look the best but you want to make sure that it is really juicy i learned this from food tv years ago uh, when you cook it, uh, take make a butter, uh, like take the butter, whip it, and then put the butter on the the meat between the meat and the skin. You got to rip like a little hole and then get in there. But then cook your turkey upside down, and as you cook it, the butter will cook into the breast meat, making the breast meat mm. actually substantially juicier. So mm. there's a turkey tip for you. Also, the it's day nice after Thanksgiving, everybody go get muffin tins, like the big muffin tins. You take some okay. phyllo dough, you put it in the bottom, and then you take a little spoonful of everything from Thanksgiving and you put it inside. You put more phyllo dough on the top, butter it bake it then you have leftover bites that are all there for you in one little 
little delightful treat. There's your Thanksgiving tips. That is a very good tip. I also think back in the day when I still ate turkey, just a nice turkey sandwich with the fixins the next day is good. By the way, I did ask other Bulls fans if they should get rid of that iconic intro, and 61% said keep it. So the, the sane people in Chicago still reign, the at pe- least when it comes to the Bulls songs. The people have spoken. Uh, most importantly, everybody, it's a big night. It's a big day. Enjoy your family. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for giving us a little of your Thanksgiving holiday. Be safe. Make safe. smart decisions. Be Thank smart. you so much for listening to Spain Go get and some Fitz. strange. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. You can listen to the show weeknights at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.